Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Today in Titletown Packers podcast. My name is Griffin. I'm your host. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at All Day Packers, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, as always, Braun and Mason. Braun, what's going on, man? Nothing much. You can follow me on Instagram at Lambo Leapers. And Mason. Mason, how are you? Great, brother. You guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Packer Posts. And today on the podcast, we are going to be taking a deep dive into the 2020 NFL Draft taking place in just a couple of weeks here. Uh, specifically, we're going to be focusing on the wide receiver position. And as I'm sure you all know, it is a very loaded class this, this season. Um, there are a lot of guys who are going to go on in rounds two and three who could have gone in the first round in other years. And uh, as I'm sure <laughs> you also know, the Packers really need a wide receiver because right now the receiver room is pretty much Devontae Adams and a lot of question marks. So it's a good year to need a receiver. And Yeah, and we're going to be taking a look at some of your guys' questions about the class and the Packers' needs specifically. And at their current pick 30, they have a lot of options. They could trade up, they could stay put, or they could trade down. Uh, so we're going to be looking at all those different options and, and all the prospects that could be available in those different spots. And fortunately this year, unlike last year, we're picking at 30 instead of 12. So we are going to miss out on, you know, a bunch of the higher wide receiver prospects. Like, you know, you, you probably heard of C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy. So unfortunately, we're probably going to be looking at some other guys like our, you know, our fourth ranked, fifth grade, fifth ranked, sixth ranked guys. So, yeah, this this wide receiver class is just loaded. I guarantee if, you know, the sixth ranked or fifth ranked guy in this class, if he were to, you know, go to last year's class, he probably would have, you know, been in the first round, like been one of the first two wide receivers off the board. So this wide receiver draft or this wide receiver class is just loaded. And, you know, the Packers are fortunate. I think there's a bunch of very good options in play at pick 30. Yeah, we've kind of been spoiled in the 2018 and 2019 drafts with our really high picks. In 2018, we were in the mid-teens. Last year, we were at 12. And for the first time in like a, a lot of years for Packer fans, we were looking at the cream of the crop of the rookie talent. And now it's back to where we're kind of used to being pick number 30, the low-end first-rounders. But uh, yeah, we're going to get right into it. We got some fan questions, actually, that you guys submitted. So, Bron? So the first question we're going to discuss is from at Robbie Tweedale. Uh, he says, can the Packers trade up for CeeDee Lamb? What do you guys think? I mean, CeeDee Lamb is my number one wide receiver this year. I just, the, the, the capital that would have to, you know, be put down in order to trade up because I do think teams that are picking at, um, you know, the high teens, or I mean, I'm sorry, the low teens, the Jets at 11, Raiders at 12, 49ers at 13. I don't think CeeDee Lamb is making it past those three teams. In order to trade up from 30 to, you know, 12, that's going to cost maybe even a next year first round pick or a couple seconds, like this year's second and next year's second. I don't think the Packers are in a position right now as a team. I feel like there are bigger needs. Like we still are going to have to figure out maybe a, a replacement tackle for next year a maybe some more help in the in the D line and maybe another inside linebacker. I just don't think the Packers are at a position that we could just go all out on a receiver like CeeDee Lamb or, you know, Jerry Judy. I do think CeeDee Lamb is pretty I I don't know if I want to call him a generational talent, but he is I do think he is one of the best receivers to come out of college in a couple years. So I just don't think it's worth it for the Packers. I think we gotta save our picks and, you know, even if we don't get a receiver in the first round, we can, you know, pick, pick from a position that we need in the first round and pick one in the second. That's how deep this class is. So I don't I don't see a need to trade up in this particular draft. 
Yeah, I agree. I have CeeDee Lamb at my number two spot, right behind Jerry Judy. And, you know, they're, he, Ruggs, are all kind of projected to go in the same area of the draft. But I agree with all the things you said, Mason. I don't think we're in the position to be able to trade future draft capital to uh, move up for one of these guys, especially when the talent drop-off isn't that big, especially compared to other years at the wide receiver position. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. It would it would take a lot to give up uh, to get a premium first-round pick that uh, to move from 30 to a, a pick, like you said, in, in the low teens. That, that would take up a lot of uh, other draft picks, possibly even draft picks at a premium next year. So, but yeah, I mean, see, concerning C.D. Lamb, I mean, he's really – he's probably my favorite wide receiver prospect in the last few years. Uh, he, he really does have everything. There's not really a flaw to his game. Uh, and I compare him to Julio Jones just based on his skill set. And another popular comparison is DeAndre Hopkins, but I, I think he has that more big playability than, that Julio Jones has. Uh, but, yeah, I'm excited about him as a prospect, but I think he's really just out of our range, even in a trade-up situation. Like He would be nuts in the Green Bay offense, but – I just we we need those picks. We can't be we can't be going all out right now. We still have a lot of holes. Yeah, you look at the free agents for next year too. We have so many guys to uh kind of keep under contract. So we're going to have a lot of holes on this team more than we already do in the next couple years. We can't afford to be blown all of them on a guy like CD Lamb even though he is fantastic. Same with Jerry Judy, same with Henry Ruggs. I just don't think it's worth it when you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback and Devontae Adams on the outside. We're not looking for a wide receiver one. It's not like we have no talent. We have Devontae Adams. So I don't think it's worth trading that much that it would take to trade up into the teens for uh, C.D. Lamb when we'd be just fine with a wide receiver two. One of the guys like Jalen Rieger or uh, Justin Jefferson, one of those guys we'd be just fine with who we can maybe get at 30. So I don't see that happening. All right, so let's move on to the next question here, and it kind of ties into these these top receivers. Uh, this question's from Slater7884. He says, how big of a difference between the top three and next three wide receivers? Uh, so that's a good question. I mean, obviously the consensus top three uh, among most scouts and, and a lot of the experts is, is C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. Um, and then after that, the guys that come to mind are Justin Jefferson, Denzel Mims, T. Higgins, guys like that. Uh, so I don't know. What do you guys think about the separation between those top three and then the remainder of the class? I think there's definitely a drop off from rugs to guys like Jefferson guys, like you said, but, uh, compared to other years, there's really, it's not that significant it, compared to other positions, even in this year's draft, it's not that significant. You know, you look at like offensive tackle, that's a huge drop off from the top three, top two guys wide receiver. There's so much talent. And like we said, there's a lot of guys who are going to go on day two of the draft who would probably be going on day one uh, in other years. So I don't think I, there is a drop off from Henry Ruggs, CD lamb and Jerry Judy. Cause those guys are, you know, they're going to be making all pro teams pretty pretty early on in their careers, but um, I don't think it's significant enough to trade up or anything like that. I think we'll be just fine with one of the guys who we're probably going to get at 30. There are so many guys we could take at 30 that I don't think anybody should be mad at. Like if Jeff Justin Jefferson were to fall, he's he's kind of everybody's fourth or fifth guy. Um, Jalen Rager and Denzel Mims have been pretty much like everybody on Twitter's favorite two guys that could fall in the second round even. Either of those guys at 30 wouldn't be 
wouldn't be bad at all. I just think those two aren't as polished as, you know, a guy like CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy. Obviously, those that's the reason why those guys are going being projected to go so high in the first round. But like this class is just loaded, as we have already said. Like you can even go deeper. You've you could hear about guys like Brandon Ayuk and KJ Hamler, LaVisca Chenault. All those guys are in play at at 30 or and even if they don't go in the first round, those guys are going to be picked on an early day two. So the Packers have a bunch of options. If 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 they don't if they don't like a guy at thirty at that pick, they can even trade back. There's there's always that conversation. So is it is it the same for you guys as my top three? My top three is Ceedee Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs. Do you guys have that same top three? I I have Jerry Judy, Ceedee Lamb, Henry Ruggs. I just think Judy's a little bit better of a player than CD. I think he's definitely better in terms of getting separation uh, against most, you know, most coverages and, and most even some of the top cornerbacks in college football. Uh, my concern with him is just his hands mostly. I, I think, you know, he had some drops, some bad drops that I think he can easily clean up uh, at the next level. But uh, I think I think for me, CD Lamb is the more safe pick. Uh, but then again, I do love them both. Uh, I have a for a pro comparison for for Judy. I actually have Antonio Brown, uh, just based on both of their separation abilities. Yeah, my my third guy's a little bit different. I do have CD Lamb at one. I whenever just when I was watching the tape, I saw a lot of DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones, just like you said, Brown. I think his 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 frame and his catching is like D Hop, and but he's he's got a little more shape than than Hop does like kind of like a Julio Jones and I just feel like he could eventually be an an all pro type receiver like Julio is and then I got Judy at two I kind of see he reminds me of a couple other wide receivers that have come out of Alabama like um you know Mari Cooper Riley Ridley or I'm sorry Calvin Ridley um just that type of receiver a little bit small for my liking but he's got an insane after the catch ability that's second to none honestly you've definitely seen on on instagram those juke moves that he's made he's definitely going to be going in the teens but my third guy is t higgins i've when i was watching the tape i he just screamed aj green to me he's 6'4 216 he's pretty lean but he's got he's just got a huge frame great hands caught a, a bunch of touchdowns i'm pretty sure he caught tw- um 20 percent of his um catches were touchdowns when he was at yeah. clemson um yeah he's he's just my third guy just because i i could just see him being a monster for aaron Rodgers, six four um and he's just he's talented he, he didn't get to run the 40 at the combine but he plays very fast he's able to get separation from from corners and obviously playing at clemson he played against some good competition that's just why i have him at three i think he would fit the packers offense a little more better than henry ruggs who's normally Everybody else's third guy. I just, I just like the size, six four, two sixteen, and it just trust me. Watching the film, he looks like he looks like he could be an AJ Green type player. Yeah, that's a guy that I could definitely see. You know, especially the Packers front office who loves those athletic big guys. Like, I think that's a guy that we could definitely fall in love in in the draft if he falls to thirty. I think that's that's definitely an option, and I completely I see where where you put him at three. He's he really has everything athletically. Uh, and his he's just physically gifted overall. Uh, and so what do you guys think about Henry Ruggs, though? Do you guys think he's worthy of that third spot, like based on what you project him to do or what he has done in college? For me, I, I think he's got like the physical traits that could make a great NFL wide receiver, but he does lack that production. 
Uh, I think his upside is like Tyreek Hill because of that electric speed. But what do you guys think? Well, he was playing with Jerry Judy. So, I mean, I think that kind of makes up for his lack of production. But, yeah, I agree with the Tyreek Hill comparison. And it's kind of uh, the comparison you don't want to make because Tyreek Hill is a unique, unique player. There's no one really like him. But Henry Ruggs is pretty, pretty close to him. He's got that rare speed that you don't see very often in a lot of drafts. And he, he the, the ability to pull coverages his way and distract the entire defense, make him focus on Henry Ruggs, make the defense focus on Henry Ruggs, even when he had Judy, Jerry Judy on the same field as him, uh, that's pretty rare. And uh, he creates separation consistently, and that's something I don't see a lot, in, a lot of in T. Higgins and um, if you gave me the choice of a guy who can make crazy acrobatic catches or the guy who's open constantly, I'm taking the guy who's open, especially for the Packers, because Aaron Rodgers doesn't throw jump balls. We know that. He's never been a guy who's going to throw a 50-50 ball. Um, we saw that with Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Both years Jimmy Graham was in Green Bay. We we're like, oh, going to be the red zone weapon. Rodgers is going to throw him lob passes, and it never happens because Rodgers is very much a safe quarterback, sometimes to his detriment, but he's always been like that. When he was winning MVPs, he was very much a safe conservative quarterback. So I don't I don't really see the fit with T. Higgins or other guys like LaVisca Chenault or Denzel Mims. Um, I don't, and we have a lot of big bodies in the receiver room already. We have Alan Lazard, Jay Kumro, some of these not very fast guys don't create consistent separation with good hands. And I think Henry Ruggs would really change the game for Green Bay. And Henry Ruggs probably isn't going to be there at 30. There's almost no chance. But if he does fall, I think that would be a home run pick for the Packers. Easiest pick of the night. Um, it's probably not going to happen, but he would be incredible across from Devontae Adams. Well, if there's one of those guys, one of those top three, uh, if one of those guys was going to fall, it'd probably be Henry Ruggs, just based on, like you said, that lack of production. That was mostly due to the fact that Jerry Judy was on the other side of him. But still, teams could maybe hesitate based on the fact that there's so many other receivers in this class that they might want to get another position in need. Uh, so that could be a guy that could fall uh, maybe to like around the 18, 19, 20 range. And if, if the Packers really love him that much, they might go and get him. That's another guy with the physical traits and the upside that they might love so much that they'd be willing to trade up and get him. Similar to Darnell Savage last year, uh, who we traded up for to eventually get. Uh, but I think that's definitely uh, a scenario that is n- not unrealistic for sure. All right, Brian, you got the next question? Yeah, I do. So this one comes from Peyton underscore Kovash. She says, is Justin Jefferson a realistic prospect for the Packers? Uh, so in my opinion, he's a guy that probably is most likely going to get taken in around the 20s. Uh, that's another guy we could trade up for. In terms of the guys that we would have to go, go up and get, uh, it's really that top three that we talked about and Justin Jefferson. Anybody else, I could see falling to 30, and I would and I would consider taking those guys. But uh, in terms of guys that we would have to go up and get, I think Justin Jefferson is one of them. I, there's not many scenarios, especially here's the thing. The Vikings have two picks before us. I think if he's, if he's there before 22 and 25, which is the Vikings pick, uh, I would, I would kind of, I would struggle to see them not taking him with one of those two picks. Uh, so we would have to probably jump them. We'd probably have to jump the Philadelphia Eagles as well uh, at 21. So we'd probably have to get to 20 if we wanted to take him. Uh, so I'm not sure how that would, uh, how that would work in terms of that. But 
Uh, obviously, he's a he's a pure slot guy, but he can play the outside. But his his game is made for the slot, and he would I think he would fit the Packers' offense really well. But what do you guys think? Uh, he he's a guy who, if he is there at thirty, uh, that's another home run pick for me for the Packers. I have him in rugs, very close closely ranked. I have rugs at three, Jefferson at four, and uh, just like I said with rugs, I think we need some of that speed, some of that precise route running in the receiver room because we don't have a lot of that outside of Devontae Adams. And he's got a great release. He's got great hands. He is a primary slot receiver. He played 81% of his snaps in the slot in 2019. But uh, I don't think that's an issue because we don't we don't have a slot receiver right now. We tried with Geronimo Allison. Didn't work out. We I don't know who we're going to try now in the slot for those three wide receiver sets. Um, so I think I, I'm okay with taking a primary slot receiver, someone who can only play in the slot. Not that Jefferson can only play in the slot because he's a weapon everywhere on the field. LSU used him in the backfield a lot of snaps, actually. So that's something that I could see Matt LaFleur getting creative with, and uh, I think he'd be a great weapon for Aaron Rodgers in the Packers offense. Yeah, pretty much exactly what I was going to say. I Watching his tape, I, he, when he was in the slot, I thought that was where he was best. And, you know, his 40 time reflects how fast he is, 4-4-3. Four, four, I, th- I think that type of speed mixed with his height at 6-1, I just think I think that's pretty much exactly what the Packers offense needs. You know, we sign in Devin Funches, bring it back Alan Lazard. There are options to be that wide receiver too outside of Devontae Adams. But at the same time, we do need somebody in the slot when Devontae Adams is in the slot and someone that can, you know, change a pace. Like you said, Geronimo didn't work. MVS hasn't really been working. Um, I just think Jeff, Justin Jefferson is a unique prospect. Um, and I, I think not being the number one or number two guy in an offense will really help him grow as a player too. Cause that LSU, that LSU team was pretty loaded. So I just think he still needs a couple more years though, to really come into his, you know, his full potential and just, you know, playing in a offense with Aaron Rodgers and, you know, learning from guys like Devante and, and Devin Funches and, just, you know, being able to practice in the slot, I think that'd be perfect for the Packers offense. He's tough too. You see him catch his catching traffic is amazing. He's not he's not the slot receiver who's gonna get knocked around in the slot or uh, in the middle of the field. He he's gonna put his shoulder down and fight for extra yards on every play. And that's something that I think is missing a little bit in the Packers offense. Yeah, I I think really overall he's like that that slot receiver mold that of today's NFL with with his size at 6'1 and his skill set overall. I just think he kind of is exactly what teams like the Eagles, like the Vikings, and the Packers are looking for in terms of that slot receiver. Uh, But my next question comes from Lambeau Chronicles. Jefferson, Mims, or Rager? So those are three of the uh, kind of the middle of the pack in terms of the first-round talent, guys. Uh, How do you guys have those three ranked in your rankings? Um, for me, I do have Jefferson as my uh, out of those three guys. He's my number one. I just I think he has the most potential out of all those three. And just in, watching him in LSU, I think he I think he was terrific in the slot, like I just said earlier. And I think just I'm I'm speaking on fitting in the Packers offense. I think he does fit the best what we need right now. And I do think he is, still has a lot of room to grow. Um, my second guy out of those three would be Rieger. Um, his tape, his tape is crazy. Pro- out of all three of those guys, his tape was the craziest. Just contested catches. He's got s- deadly speed. He could take any ball to the house, um, and he's great after the catch too. And he he actually returned kicks at T- TCU, so he's got that upside as well. Um, he's just 
he's he's a little bit smaller. He's five ten. He I, I could could definitely see him playing in the slot for us as well. But it, he he's fast four 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 seven forty at the combine. But then then we go to Mims. Um, Mims is my third guy. He's blazing fast. Four three eight at six three is super quick. And I don't know. It was a really toss up between him and Rieger. Um, watching his film, he was fantastic at um, you know catching back shoulder throws, which was you know obviously a big Aaron Rodgers thing. Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, always connected on those. Um, he's super physical, solid in the run blocking, and um, yeah, I'm when I. I, I compared Denzel Mims to Kenny Galladay. I don't know what you guys thought. I just thought the the size, 6'3", and the speed, 4'3", was just pretty crazy. I have uh, Jefferson at 4 and then Rieger at 5, actually. And Rieger's just uh, – he has some of everything in him. He's explosive off of the line of scrimmage. He's great at contested catches. He's got blazing fast speed, like you said. And he would be a, another real weapon for the Packers offense. Mims I'm not as high on. Because as I said earlier, I'm not a fan of the big body guys. It's not very often that uh, the big body wide receivers are at the top of the league in terms of wide receiver rankings. And uh, and for Aaron Rodgers too, I don't think he likes the big body guys very much. He's His best receivers has, have always been the better route runners, the better, uh, more elusive guys, the quicker guys, rather than big body, big body targets. So I'm not very high on Mims, but Rieger I do love. And uh He's just a smidgen below Jefferson for me. And for me, my rankings, these are actually my four, five, and six guys in my overall rankings. Uh, for me, Mims comes in at the top, and it's base- basically because of his physical skill set. He's just, he's just a freak. Like he, his, his speed with his size, uh, it's, it's, it's insane. I, I think he's got a lot of upside with, with proper coaching. If he can get some route running, you know, just get better at that, kind of clean that up polish some of the other skill sets that he has I just I see a lot of upside in him and I know it's not exactly what we need uh, but it, his overall talent to me is is better than than these other guys although it's like splitting hairs with these these prospects are all so good like it's I, I would have no problem getting either all through any any of these guys I'd have no problem drafting uh, but then for me I then I have Justin Jefferson uh, he he like we talked about, he's just incredible. I mean, he's my favorite thing about him is his patience. Uh, in terms of just how he's able to read coverages, and and he's going to have to work on that at this next level in the different forms of defense and things like that. But I do think he has excellent patience that he uses to kind of load up his speed and agility and quickness and kind of burst out into a route, which I think that can be useful at times. Uh, but one negative I have on him is uh, that he does struggle against man coverage and sometimes press against stronger and bigger cornerbacks. And but that is at the college level, uh, so he's often going to go up against more safety style players uh, rather than like these top cornerbacks that college teams love to place on the other team's best receiver. So that's the only concern I have. But I'm not sure it'll translate to the NFL based on just the way things go. And, yeah. And uh, in the- in the slot, you're not going to see a lot of press coverage anyways. Exactly, right. He's going to have a lot more room to work. So th- that's one of the things that I – it's a concern based on just his overall ability. But in terms of the NFL game, I don't think it's going to be that that much of a big deal. Uh, and then for Jalen Rager, he's a guy that I love. And he might be my favorite option for us sticking at 30. Uh, but I do love him. And here's the story with him. So 
he at the combine ran a four four seven, and that disappointed a lot of teams and himself. Uh, but what he wanted to do was he wanted to come in at a bigger weight uh, to try to uh, not scare teams away by his size alone, uh, and that kind of messed up his forty time. So he ran a four four seven, and then he ha- a couple teams had him run his own pro day. Uh, during this quarantine situation. So he recorded a pro day and he had two people time him on a 40. Uh, He weighed in at 206 at the combine and then weighed in at 197 uh, at this, at this uh, pro day style workout. And he ended up running a four, one person had it at a 422 and the other had it a 428. That's blazing fast. And that's what, that's what I expected at the combine. Uh, So in terms of his upside, I think it's there. He does have some hands issues. I think he's his main positive for me is how explosive he is. He's just got pure explosiveness on on every route. Uh, everything after the catch is just pure explosiveness. Uh, but the size is a concern in terms of you know if he's gonna if he wants to increase his size, I'm concerned about that. Uh, the way that'll contrast with his speed and his agility and quickness. So that's gonna have have, have to be something that's sorted out by you know the strength and conditioning coaches of of whichever team he goes to. But yeah, I love all three of these guys. And oh, another thing on Mims, I, I just wanted to mention an interesting point that I want you guys to also comment on. Uh, Denzel Mims for me, he's so physical. He's got this, he's, he's just a physical freak, like I talked about. Uh, and, and when he's playing with corners, he's he, sometimes the way he gets separation, I feel like is a lot of, a lot of extending the arm, a lot of using his body to separate from guys. Now at the NFL level where he kind of, you know, where he's going to be able to do that, I feel like that could be called OPI a little more often than it would be at that college level. Uh, so that's a little concerning for me. He, he's good at, he's good at using his body in a way uh, where a lot of times they can't call it, but in other cases, I feel like that could become an issue. And if that's really the way he's been getting separation, which I saw on tape, most of his college career. I am worried about the fact that if he's if he's not able to do that at the NFL level, if they're flagging him every time for it, then he might not be able to get the same separation that he was getting at the college level. So what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, that's my biggest issue with Mims really is his lack of separation. And he is really physical, but again, the uh, potential for offensive pass interference uh, could be an issue in the NFL. I don't think it's going to be a huge issue. I mean, we see guys get handsy, receivers versus corners. They always get handsy. And uh, the refs, they're, they're not going to call that every single time. So I don't think it's going to be like a major issue throughout his career, especially with the NFL coaches. They're going to – they know what's going to be a penalty and what's not going to be a penalty. They're going to teach him how to how to uh, create separation physically without doing the whole extending the arm, pushing off. But I don't, I don't know how well he's going to do in the NFL because I, I think you have to be able to create separation as a, as a receiver, to be a number one receiver, even a number two receiver, to be a consistent starter, you have to be able to create separation. And that's not something I see a lot of from Mims. Yeah, at, Griff, I agree with you. But at 6'3", running a sub 4440, I just feel like, like you said, an, an NFL coach could hopefully teach him not to, you know, swipe a defender's hand away and get and stop being so pushy. Because I did see when he was running reps at the senior bowl, he was super physical with his corner. Like, I definitely do think he was pushing off and especially at the line, just, you know, feel like he was pushing off right away. Like I just, I, I just hope if, if we do draft him, you know, somebody can tell him like, yo, that's going to get called in the NFL, but I just think he's a physical freak. I, I think he's, he's buff. 
tall, fast. I just, I just think you could teach, you can't teach size, can't teach speed, but I, you could teach something like that. Just, I, I feel like it, it's, it could be worth a chance. Yeah. I think that's a guy that you could, you could polish him up and just, and kind of refine his game to the NFL level. That's really what all this is about. Uh, it's not about what you did at the college level. It's about what you're projecting them to do at the NFL level. Uh, and in this particular case, this is definitely something you could look at and say, okay, we're going to get in here and we're going to get this guy using his physical abilities and we're going to refine his game uh, at the NFL level and make him into a star. So there's definitely teams that are going to be able to at least believe that they can kind of coach this guy to be able to get separation without getting too handsy to the point where they're going to start calling it. Uh, but we're going to move on to the next question here. All right, this question comes from Krigo. He says, thoughts on Brandon Ayuk in the first round or thoughts on LaVisca Chenault in the first round? Uh, so these are guys that are kind of towards, I know you guys have him in different areas, but uh, for me, he is at, uh, Brandon Ayuk for me is at number eight, and then LaVisca Chenault I have at number 10. So in terms of the first round and number 30, I would particularly avoid drafting either of them at 30. I would prefer trading down if we didn't like anybody and then gaining some more picks and getting them in the early 40s, maybe. So that's that's my thoughts on the two guys. Yeah, I have Ayuk at number seven and uh, Chenault at number nine. Chenault is the same thing as T. Higgins, same thing as Denzel Mims. I don't like these big body receivers who can't consistently create separation, especially against Connor, college corners. I mean, that competition is only going to get tougher in the NFL. You're only going to get played by better corners who maybe will break up some of these jump balls that college corners weren't able to because there's such a such a talent drop off in, in the college game and uh you're gonna you're going against a lot better corners who are going to stop some of those jump balls but Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State I absolutely love I think he's just like Jalen Rieger he's just like um Justin Jefferson for us a nice a nice throw in of speed something the Packers do not have right now on the offense other than MVS who uh has a lot of other areas to clean up in his game right now uh Ayuk I think he's amazing, and I'd totally be okay with taking him at 30, honestly. I've been ranked at the as the number 7th receiver in the draft. He's a fantastic route runner. He's got great hands. Uh, you don't see a lot of drops from him, and uh, I think he could be a deep threat. He could be a threat over the middle. He can be a short short route uh, threat, take it to the house. He's just everything I want, just like Jalen Rieger. He's everything I want for the Packers in, in a receiver. Yeah, I for me, like... I think both of them have injury concerns that kind of scare me. I know uh, I know Ayuk had a core injury, and LaVisca Chenault has had injuries the past two years. Uh, I'm not sure what they were, but he's he's been injured. And for me, I feel like Ayuk, he's just like – he's great after the catch, but I feel like he lacks the physicality of some of these other guys. Like even, even Rager has – I feel like he is much more physical uh, with corners and – I, I just that's what kind of separates those two guys, uh, and then for Lavisca Chenault, my thing is that he like I think he's his size is like average. He's versatile. That's his big thing. But I feel like he's a doer of all and a master of none. Uh, I just I think you know they have him coming out of the backfield running wildcat you know jet sweeps, but he's not a great enough receiver for me to the point where we're really going to get much use out of him. I know uh, I know Mason had a perfect comparison for him if you want to get into that Mason but uh, I definitely uh, both of those guys are options uh, if we kind of trade back and look for a receiver but 
I, I do think that I would not pick those guys at 30. Yeah, um, I do like my comparison for Chenault. I do think it's perfect, but I have Ayuk at eight. He, I, I have Ayuk. I, I like to have him, Rieger, and Mims all in the same type of, you know, category. I do think all those guys are in play at thirty. Pretty similar, but uh, for for Lavisca Chenault, I have him at ten. Um, my comparison for him is Cordero Patterson. I think the dude's built like a running back, and as we all know, Cordero Patterson is. He beat us up with the Patriots on on the ground. He was with the Bears last year, primarily a kick returner. Got drafted in the first round by the Vikings. He's just he's got the same build as Lavisca. He, I think Lavisca is, he's not. I just can see him having a Cordero Patterson like career. Just he's not going to work out as a wide receiver. He he really didn't grow as a route runner. He he balled out in twenty eighteen, but in in twenty nineteen, um, he got hurt. But still, when he was playing, there was not much growth as a wide receiver. Route running was is a big concern for him. But the dude's a physical monster. He's he's obviously I said like he's built. He looks like a running back after the catch. He's he likes to lower the shoulder. Great with contested catches, but at the same time, like he he's not fundamentally sound as a wide receiver. That is the one thing that scares me. If like I don't know what his college coaches were doing. Um, like why couldn't he turn into like a like a you know like a sound wide receiver he just kind of uses his physical traits as you know and his athletic ability to you know get in places that's pretty much what I saw from Levisca Chenault but uh Brandon Ayuk is a super interesting I I actually really like him um I wish I could put him higher than eight but I just I do think Mims and Rieger are a little bit higher than him but still the same category Ayuk's tape kind of jumped out to me if just I don't know if you guys saw the same thing just after the catch. I just think that dude finds open spaces like it's like it's nothing. And it's just like he's returning kicks. He returned kicks at ASU and all the games I saw, he had some crazy returns. He's got he's got a lot of upside in the return game and a lot of upside in the screen game as well. They threw a lot of screens to him just hoping he can break one loose. And I did see a couple where he did. Um, That's that's just what I saw out of him. I, I could see him being a Robert Woods type player, just a little bit lanky. He's 6'1", and, you know, I definitely could see him being a solid player if the Packers do do see potential at him in 30. Yeah, Ayuk is great after the catch. He actually averaged 11 yards after the catch per reception, which is just insane. Uh, a lot of those are from screens, but that's something that the Packers don't have. And, and Ayuk is kind of the opposite of Chenault, where, Braun, you said he's not very physical, and I agree with that. He's not great versus press coverage, whereas uh, Chenault is wins with his physicality that's pretty much his only way of winning whereas Ayuk wins with his route running and if you give me the option of Chenault who wins with physicality or Ayuk who wins with route running and ability to create separation off of it I'm definitely taking Ayuk there yeah I agree for the Packers specifically we could use a guy that can create separation just based on his route running alone and one last note on LaVisca I agree Mason he he, when you talk about what were the coaches college coaches doing while you know while he's not progressing as a wide receiver fundamentally, they're, they're training him to become a running back and a wildcat quarterback and running jet sweeps. Like they're not refining his talent as a wide receiver. And, and that, that, that might've hurt him as a prospect overall, his versatility isn't enough to uh, kind of seal the deal for teams when, when he's just not as, as pure of a receiver as you'd like. 
but with that, we're going to move on to the next question here. Uh, question is from JTDE Clark. He says, who could be a quality pick in the later rounds that could add some speed to Green Bay's offense? One guy for me who I, I do definitely think would be there at the second round pick for us, I believe that's pick 60, it would be KJ Hamler from Penn State. Um, he's a super small guy, 5'9", 178. He plays like he plays like a mix of Brandon Cooks and Hollywood Brown. Super fast. I wish he could have ran the forty at the combine, but he wasn't able to. He's just he's so explosive and he's compact and he takes hits and you know he he likes contact. He watching his tape like he was he's super physical for a small guy. Um, obviously the the negatives for him would be the size. Um, smaller receivers are always <laughs> I. I don't want to discriminate against small receivers, but not a lot of them work out in the NFL. Um, thinking about like Tavon Austin, he was super small, didn't really work out. Um, but I, KJ Hamler is a guy who who could have a career like you know like Tyree Kill picked in super late, like sixth round. Um, I don't know where KJ Hamler is going to fall. I he's going to my guess is the second or third round, but he is a, he is the type of guy that could have a you know could make an instant impact in Green Bay's offense. I just don't know if if the Packers would be interested in a in a smaller guy. 5 foot 9 isn't usually the prototype for Packer wide receivers. Yeah, he kind of defies the mold that they've kind of just they've had in terms of receivers and corners. He just he's 5 9 on a good day like uh, that's that's tough. I mean, he'd have to he does show it. He has extreme burst in the slot. Uh, he's he's aggressive, he's physical, uh, but I feel like every time I watch him on tape, he gets hit hard and, and he's down on the ground and he has to come out for a couple plays. That's concerning for his long term health. Uh, I, I you know with some of these big hitters at the at the next level, uh, you know that's I don't know how attractive that is uh, for a lot of teams, but I do like him as a as like a third fourth round pick option, a day two option, uh, and I think he'll go day two like you said. Uh, a guy for me, uh, in terms of just not just speed, but he really is—he's a complete wide receiver for me. Uh, is Brian Edwards? He's a—he's uh, a guy that uh, people haven't talked too much about, but I have him ranked number eleven. He's—he's uh, he's got a lot of Devonte Parker in him. I think he's a very complete wide receiver. He does—he and he, I think he might be the most physical of anybody in this draft. Uh, he's got so much strength and toughness uh, after the catch when he's got, he, he rarely gets tackled with the first guy, even the second guy, he's able to escape a lot of that just with strength and toughness alone. Uh, but he, he, like I said, he's just a complete wide receiver. The only thing I think he can improve on is, is jump balls. He, he's great at everything, but his 50, 50 ball game, it's not the best. And that's something that he could, could improve on. Uh, but he's a guy I'd love to, target even if we draft a receiver in the first round he'd be a guy i'd love to target in the third or fourth round i agree with mason on this one kj hamler i absolutely love uh i have him ranked 10th of all the receivers in this draft uh he is an exclusively slot player it's very small frame which you don't like to see especially the packers that's like you said ron that's against their mold that they've set um for receivers that for receivers that they draft but um, I think he could really be a game changer for this offense. As I've said a hundred times so far, we don't have speed on the offense. We outside of Devonte Adams, we don't have precise route running, and uh, KJ Hamler is exactly that. And he is small, but he's he's like Braun. You described him as a little pinball out there. Like he's t- 
taking hits. He's so aggressive. He's very tough. So I, I'm not really concerned for his long-term health. He hasn't had any major injuries throughout his collegiate career. I think he would be a great number three option um, for the Packers right now. And I think he, I see him as a guy who, on third down, Rodgers is going to go. On third and eight in the fourth quarter, Rodgers can go to him because he can trust him to get open because he's open all the time. And um, he's great at tracking the ball downfield. He's a deep threat and an intermediate threat, which is rare for a lot of slot receivers. And um, something I noticed while watching him on film is every, every pass looked like an accurate pass because of how well he could track the ball. Even on uh, a little wonky throws, he was always in the right spot. He tracks the ball so well. And uh, he's not big enough to make any kind of contested catches, but I don't think that's what whatever team he goes to is going to use him as because, I mean, he's 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, um, you're going to use him how he should be used, how he was used at Penn State. And he was awesome at Penn State. So I think he would be great for the Packers as a slot receiver, as a reliable slot receiver, someone who's always open, which the Packers do not have right now. Yeah, definitely. I, I do think he'd be a nice pick. Uh, and another guy I want to talk about is uh, he's one of my trade down from 30 targets. Uh, that's my number nine receiver, Michael Pittman. Uh, he, to me, he, he comes on as super strong. Uh, he's got great size, uh, but, and, and he uses size just, he uses it for his catching ability. And he also uses it to block really well in both the run and pass game. Uh, but the one thing that has been a criticism of him and, and is why he's not amongst that top seven guys in the, in the receiver class is that he lacks the quickness downfield, uh, to be like a deep threat and a truly complete wide receiver. What do you guys think of him overall? Yeah, watching Pittman, I I drew two uh, pro player comparisons. I thought Alan Lazard right away, just because you know I'm super. We're all super familiar with how Alan Lazard plays. Big body goes up for the catch, but isn't isn't that super fast guy and isn't that super shifty guy? And also he could be. He's got the upside to be like a Cortland Sutton type player too. He ran a four five two at six four two twenty three. That isn't that that isn't that slow. That's that's pretty good speed for a guy that big. Um, and another pro for him, I saw he he blocked a couple punts in college too. He's he's got good. Um, you know, if he doesn't play right away for the Packers, if the Packers pick him, you know, if he falls to round three, say, or you know, or uh, I I'm thinking he's more of a, a round two type player. He he can make an instant impact on special teams right away. And um, yeah, I do think that's a that's a valuable pick if he does fall to sixty. Yeah, like I, I think what people criticize his speed for, obviously he had that decent time, especially for his size. It was a great time. But a lot of people think it doesn't show up on tape, and I, I kind of agree with that. I have, I have to see more of him, but I, I do think he'd be an, a really nice option. I compare him to, I think a high-end like comparison and, and a pro comparison for him would be Mike Evans. I think he's got that athleticism and that size to, to go up and make contested catches, get downfield. I, I see his ability to get downfield. I just want to see it more on tape. I want I see it. I see his physical traits allowing that to happen. I do want to see it more on tape, though, and I, I think that could happen in the Green Bay offense uh, as like a big kind of deep threat that can make contested catches. That's why I think Mike Evans is a is a good upside comparison for him. All right, our next question comes from Real Pack Talk. Uh, he says, how late can we draft a wide receiver and still be comfortable with it? There's lots of talk of other positions at the moment. Uh, so, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, in terms of your guys' thoughts on it, uh, we've been linked to quarterbacks. We've been linked to offensive tackles, linebackers, defensive tackles. There's a lot of different positions up for, 
up for that first pick in the first round. Uh, what do you guys think is the latest we can go with a receiver and you'll still feel comfortable with the guy we get? I mean, in terms of, I mean, I I want a receiver who's going to make an immediate impact in his rookie season and in his second year because I, I don't want another MVS. I don't want another Jamon Moore. Um, I don't want a project player. And so in terms of who's going to make an immediate impact, probably third round is the latest I'd go. Actually, second round. Um, if we don't if we don't draft a receiver in the first two rounds, I would be pretty uncomfortable. And we're acting like I mean, so far we've been acting, assuming that the Packers are going to take a receiver at thirty. But like you said, Bron, we've been linked to a lot of different positions. That's not really a guarantee at this point. And the Packers always say that their their method is best player available. But um, I feel like this more this year more than any other year we're kind of locked in at wide receiver because it's such a hole. We didn't do anything um, major there in free agency other than a low-risk signing with Devin Funches. So I think there's a real, real need for that. And, um, yeah, I think second round is the latest that I'd feel comfortable with. 100% agree with you, Griff. I I feel like even if we wait for 60 to pick a wide receiver, I feel like our, our top 10 guys are going to be all gone. I think Ayuk would be gone. Mims will be gone. Rigger will be gone. Those are the type of guys we're looking at possibly picking at 30. But there are teams that, you know, that, that don't have first round picks like the Colts that are probably going to take a wide receiver in that second round and they pick before us. So, it would be worrisome if we don't take one at 30, but there there's scenarios where we don't. We obviously need a D tackle and we obviously need we need possibly another inside linebacker, Patrick Queen or or even Murray from OKU. Those are two other options. And yeah, I I'm just we might have to trade up from 60, honestly, if we if we do want to lock up an Ayuk or a Mims or a Rieger. Those are the three guys that I feel like are gonna get picked on day two if they don't go day one and probably early day two. And those are those are guys like you said, Griff, that we that would be able to make an impact right away. And that's 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 what we're all looking for. We do need a, an impact guy right away, day one. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. For me, and this is gonna sound kinda of rash, but uh, I'd have trouble even picking one at if we stayed at the number I think we're number sixty two in the second round. I'd have trouble staying there and picking a receiver depending on who's left. I think we'd have to trade up from that spot and, and go get a guy uh, because it's important to get someone that we know can contribute right away. I think, um, you know, it's very, very possible that a guy like T. Higgins, a guy like Jalen Rager, any, uh, Brandon Ayuk, there's going to be a couple guys that are going to fall into the second round just because there's so many talented players. Uh, I don't want to end up having to choose between you know guys that we don't really want to throw out there uh, right away to compete for the number two spot. I, I want to get a guy that will definitely come in, uh, have a shot at that job, uh, and I want to have you know day one competition right away to, to get reps. And I want to have a receiving core like the one we've had in our winning seasons. Uh, you know, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings. You know, we need that uh, to be in contention again. We, we got to give Rodgers the weapons that he deserves, the ones that we need to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and I think it's a, a position that we have to make sure we have addressed, ready for injury, ready for whatever happens. We need enough guys to come in and, and contribute right away. Uh, so that's definitely a position of need for me. And, and the other position – it doesn't matter if we take another one in round one, but it's got to happen in round two and it's got to happen early. 
And that was the last question we have prepared for today. So before we end this real quick, we're just going to do a recap of our wide receiver rankings, 1 through 10. Uh, I'll start 1, Jerry Judy, 2, C.D. Lamb, 3, Henry Ruggs, 4, Justin Jefferson, 5, Jalen Rieger, 6, T. Higgins, 7, Brandon Ayuk, 8, Denzel Mims, 9, LaVisca Chenault, and 10, K.J. Hamler. Uh, and for me, my, my rankings go, uh, I got 1, C.D. Lamb, 2, Jerry Judy, 3, Henry Ruggs, 4, Denzel Mims, 5, Justin Jefferson, 6, Jalen Rager, 7, T. Higgins, 8, Brandon Ayuk, 9, Michael Pittman, and 10, LaVisca Chenault. And for me, I got C.D. Lamb at 1, Jerry Judy at 2, T. Higgins way higher than everybody else at 3, Henry Ruggs at 4, Justin Jefferson at 5, and then the guys that are that are kind of in play at us at 30, Jalen Rieger at 6, Denzel Mim at 7, Brennan Ayuk at 8, KJ Hamler at 9, and LaVisca Chenault at 10. So we all have kind of pretty similar top 10 lists. A few uh, bronze, I think, I, Bron, I think your list is the most different from me and Mason. Me and Mason have pretty similar lists, actually. Um, yeah, that that's fun. This is a great class. I mean, even, even uh, as long as we take a receiver at 30, I don't think I'll be disappointed unless it's Denzel Mims. <laughs> um, wow, the Denzel Mims, really? Not I, I don't like him. I, I don't like him. I mean, well, I know, I'm sure once we picked him. Where me, that's one area where me and Mason agree that we both have no problem with, with the Packers taking him at 30. Yeah, I mean, if we did take him, I'm a Packer fan, and I'd convince myself this is going to work out just like I kind of did for the Rashawn Gary, <laughs> the Rashawn Gary pick. I wasn't very high on him last year, but um, – no matter who they take, it it's going to be very interesting because we haven't taken a receiver this early in a lot of years. Who was the last one? Devontae Adams, I think. That was second round. Yeah, uh, 2014. Last yeah. first rounder was Javon Walker. Yeah, that's insane. So this is foreign territory for the Packers taking a receiver this early. They have been just golden in the second round with their receivers. So, But I don't think they're going to. They're gonna be superstitious and think we gotta we we can just take one in the second round, but maybe maybe they have their eye on someone who we didn't even mention today. That could happen. They do that a lot. But as for the podcast, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Today in Title Town Packers podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe on all platforms: iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, for me. All Day Packers on Instagram and Twitter. Braun at Lambo Leapers on Instagram and Mason at Packer Post on Instagram and Twitter. That's going to do it. We'll be back soon with another draft episode. So stay tuned for that and go Pack Go.